Hello, and welcome to episode 219 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and this week we are joined by our regular co-hosts, Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello, hello. And Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. So Nintendo Direct this week, so let's just jump right in so we can devote as much of our available time as we can to talking about that. It should be a long episode. So related to the Nintendo Direct, a student at the California State University Fullerton sent an email to their teacher after the Direct was announced, urging them to cancel class that day for the good of humanity because he wanted to stay home and watch the Nintendo Direct. It resulted in the threat being taken very seriously, and even though they soon worked out what happened and the student admitted that it was a very bad joke. Uh, They still decided to patrol the campus with all their their cops and their dogs, which is dangerous for everyone because cops in the United States can't be trusted. So don't do that. Did the person doing it know that it would come off that way or did they just want to watch the direct? I think it was an innocent mistake of tone. If that was here, it'd be a different story. Like people would still turn up because obviously Scotland's very different, but like we know here that that would be taken a certain way, you know? It just seems like really, really, really stupid. It seems the student in question didn't mean it to go this far. Right. But (laughs) it went that far. And uh, just watch the Nintendo Direct when you get out of class. It's not that important. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, don't, don't endanger all the people on campus by turning it into a police crime scene. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, life hack. <laughs> Pro tips. So with that jolly news out, uh, the Nintendo Direct did happen, and the first up announcement was Pikmin 4, which was announced during the last Direct in the last year, I believe. Uh, but there's a lot more apparent details about it. The main goal seems to be, at least at the outset, that the characters are searching for lost castaways on the planet this time, using the various Pikmin and their various abilities to find the way around, but there are still treasures to be found, and the, and the treasures are, as always, discarded items from the now-absent human civilization, which we still don't know what happened to them. Hopefully they never explain, because I think it's one of the more interesting things about the Pikmin series is just the setting and how mysterious it is. Uh, they've introduced a new ice Pikmin. Looks like if you throw enough of them at an enemy, it will freeze them solid, and then they shatter much more easily. But it appears shattered enemies don't leave corpses, which means you have fewer Pikmin seeds to get out of those corpses. So I, I don't know how often I'm really going to be using that ability. And the other Pikmin types, even though they didn't all appear in the trailer, they do all appear in the key art, so it looks like the gang's all here. Were either of you especially excited by the reveal of ice pikmin do you think there'll be any other new types introduced they usually do two at a time and i say usually it's happened Mm. twice pikmin 3 was fun that's really the only one i finished probably get this and play it at some point but i'm not hyped for it um it looks like what i expected and uh not quite sure why it took so long to come out but oh who knows (laughs) This is my biases here, but uh, Pikmin seems to be the only series that Miyamoto is actually really paying attention to anymore. I think that's the reason why, because he he has developed a reputation of basically just walking into a room and uh, 
taking a dump all over everybody's work and telling them to start <laughs> over. I, that would be my guess why it took so long. But that, that's my bias there because I'm I've really lost patience with Miyamoto. So. <laughs> that sounds about right, though. I'm not a big Pikmin fan, and when this was being revealed, it was when I realized that Twitter was broken, so I was, like, totally not paying attention. Well, that's not all that was new. There's a, a new dog Pikmin that's been announced. I, I don't know if it's actually a, a Pikmin, but that's how I, I characterized it in our notes here. <laughs> There's a dog character that you have a certain amount of control over who also helps you with your tasks. That might be an interesting wrinkle. And the dungeons from Pikmin 2 are seemingly back. And also related to Pikmin 2, there, I didn't see a visible clock in any of the video they showed, which makes me wonder if they've really changed up how the game works. Uh, Pikmin 2 did something similar. It wasn't quite as dependent on the time limit as Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 3 was. So I'm wondering if they've gone back towards a more open format. And the trailer ended with something interesting happening to a Bulblin or a... They have another name, a Bulblin is from Zelda. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, but... Eyes turned red and they started hunting something very vigorously at nighttime. And I, I wonder if that's a sign that there's going to be actually things you can do at night now. If uh, When the, the sun goes down, if you don't immediately take off in your ship, that might be a, a more interesting way to handle the world if it's more persistent and be less less dependent on time. Because I know the time limit really prevented Andy and to a lesser extent, so we from enjoying the game. Uh, Pikmin 4 will be out July 21st. And next up, we had Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Expansion Pass Volume 3. And that's going to be out February 15th. The first of many Expansion Pass reveals I realized in this Nintendo Direct. This is showing the new hero, the Lapidarist Masha, who is a, a jewel crafter. Looks like you can use some of the rarer materials to make the accessories now instead of just depending upon them to be purchased from shops or found randomly in the world. I wasn't too excited about that because honestly I had more accessories than I knew what to do with. By the time I got to the end of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the ability to make more of them isn't all that exciting to me. And uh, they've added quote-unquote roguelike challenge battles where it, that just means you you pick random rewards after every round. That's not a roguelike. That's not what a roguelike is. <laughs> Sylvie is playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Did you get the expansion pass? I decided to pass on it because nothing was out for it when I had finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I just didn't feel like going back to the game. But are you going to get this? Uh, I do have the expansion pass. Uh, I actually finished the game today, though, so I probably won't be checking out this new hero. Mm. But... The roguelike things, I hope the quotation marks came through there, that seemed interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I just wish they wouldn't call it a roguelike, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It looked like you just start off with one hero and then you collect other heroes to join you in each run. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's the element that I think they, they called a roguelike. It was interesting that they called it roguelike in... The trailer. I don't think I've heard Nintendo ever use that word before. Next up, I'd like to hear them say Metroidvania in something. Ugh. I think they uh, have too much resentment about that. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. It's a search action game. Thank you. <laughs> and they also revealed Volume 4, which looks like it's going to introduce Shulk and Rex back into the story, and they have aged up quite a bit. Some people are pretty excited slash horny about that. <laughs> Yeah, normal about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen things on Twitter.com. <laughs> mm. That seems like the more exciting reveal. 
out of the lot like they've done future connected they've done torna the golden country and this seems like it's going yeah. to be the next one of those maybe like future connected wasn't that long but it was still a good five to eight hour thing i don't remember exactly how long i spent on it torna the golden country was it was its own game mm. it took me 30 hours to finish it it's it's unclear how long this bit of story bit is going to be but if it's more like future connected that would make more sense to me if, it, if they're doing another torna i think they would have figured that out by now and they would just announce that it's going to be a separate game we'll see <laughs> yeah by the end of the year i think yeah i don't think they put a date on it but i think by the end of the year is a a safe bet on that one no i think the um expansion pass uh like the listing mm. says everything will be out by the end of this year 2023 okay now next up was samba de amigo party central which will be out in q3 based on a, an older sega series it's a i shouldn't say based on it's a sequel not one i played i i feel like it's older i want to say that that game's been on dreamcast or even playstation i might be thinking of something else but i know it was on wii have either of you played samba de amigo yep it was originally a dreamcast game and i that's Ah. my favorite console ever so (laughs) it originally came with like actual maraca controllers the whole point Mm. was that you were playing maracas uh, I did not expect to see like a Dreamcast mascot <laughs> in the direct. I was actually kind of like, oh, cool. I kind of hope that ugh, they're not gonna, but I was like, oh, if they do like some Maraca things for the Joy-Cons, that would be kind of cool. They still could. Yeah, I might get it just because I like the character and I like the character designs and it, I like Sega Team and I'm a big Dreamcast nerd, so I'm kind of like intrigued by this. <laughs> Any more party games is good because I feel like for the switch we don't have as many as we did for like the wii and the wii u so it's quite nice to see more games that you can actually have all your friends over and play now looking at the demo video in the direct it looks like you play by like gesturing with the maracas like not only in time to the music but also and your joy con controllers mm-hmm. are the maracas obviously it is uh, if it's not clear to listeners out there and you also have to move it to different points around you like on the clock face they had a picture in a picture window of a person actually playing the game. And when I was watching her, I was like, this looks like Just Dance. Mm-hmm. Was that what the game was like on Dreamcast 2? Or are, are they just they copying Just Dance for this sequel for some reason? No, I remember it pretty much being like that. Because the whole, yeah, Just Dance was never a new thing. Uh, there was lots mm. of music rhythm games and arcade games that did it in the 90s so star wars connect (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah it was quite similar i didn't actually own it it was the person who gave me my dreamcast gave me their entire library apart from this game because the version of it in the box was worth a bit Mm. of money then and it probably still is now so I, i don't actually still own it but no i remember it being very similar to that but it was just it was a very cool novelty at the time because it was kind of before the guitar hero boom so it was like hmm we're kind of used to all the Just Dance stuff these days, I guess. And after Xenoblade Chronicles 3 called their mode a roguelike mode, I salute the restraint in not calling the world party mode in this, which is one of the online modes where a bunch of people play together and the people who have the lowest score start dropping out. I salute the restraint in not calling that Battle Royale. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, next up uh, was Fashion Dreamer, which will be out in 2023. Did either of you? No. No. <laughs> okay, thought, good. Then I can yeah. say I thought this game looked incredibly generic. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if it was meant to be a 
like those style boutique games, which I have heard people have said is actually good, but I don't believe them. That's what I keep <laughs> hearing it be compared to as new style boutique, but... I was more focusing on the graphics where yeah. you like you have these super pastel character designs and the clothes they're wearing and the backgrounds are in pastel colors too. It's like everything blends together. This game looks terrible. <laughs> what I didn't get was that the the paths that you walk on seem to be very high up in the sky near the top of skyscrapers. <laughs> that seems very unsafe. There were no rails or anything. It was just floating footpaths. That, that's all I took, <laughs> took away from that one. <laughs> what, I, what it made me think of was Corneria in KOTOR. Oh, yeah. Ah. All those streets just suspended in the sky for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then next up, yet another update for Dead Cells. This one, the most obvious crossover and yet the most elusive one. Uh, Return to Castlevania, because Dead Cells is the quote-unquote roguelike that tries to build itself like an adventure platform, you know, like a Castlevania-style game. So it's the Metroidvania roguelike, just to bash together so many words that have been used so much they no longer mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) Dead Cells has gotten so many updates, I'm actually getting kind of sick of it. It's like, oh my gosh, another Dead Cells update? Can can you move on to your next game, please? But this one I'm actually kind of excited for. This mashup just makes so much sense that I might actually play this one. Because I I checked out after Rise of the Giant with Dead Cells. It's like, okay, this game was great. I don't need five expansion packs for it. Then you say Castlevania. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. (laughs) That's hard to get you. (laughs) Did either of you play Dead Cells? I I haven't, but I've been told that I would like it. I, I, I've got all the actual Castlevania games to play right now, so maybe that should be first. Yeah, I've been told I like it too, and I do love Castlevania. I don't really have a relationship with it. Maybe one day. The Castlevania influences are certainly there, but I would really characterize it much more as a an action game. Like, okay. really, I, I would say it's more like a side-scrolling platinum game than it is really a Castlevania huh. game, but it was still really good. I really liked it. Richter, Belmont, and Alucard are going to appear in the game as allies. Death and Dracula will be the two bosses. And it's introducing all the Castlevania weapons. You got your Vampire Killer Whip. I saw the cross and holy water being used, Mm -hmm. too. Looks like it's a total Castlevania tribute, which is pretty great, because, you know, Konami is certainly never going to make a Castlevania game again. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be out March 6th. Next up was Tron Identity from Bithel Games. Looked very similar to their games like uh, Subsurface Circular and Quarantine Circular. Uh, Totally made sense for them to make a game like this based on Tron. Uh, Do either of you play the Bithel Games? No, never heard of them. (laughs) No, I I follow some of the devs on Twitter, though, and it was kind of cool seeing how excited they were about getting the license to do Tron, though. I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> I don't know how long Tron Identity is going to be, but like Subsurface Circular, Quarantine Circular, there was a third one that I, I just never played. Uh, but they're, they're super short. They're like narrative adventure games you can finish in like two hours, and they're usually pretty well written. I enjoyed both of those, and it just made total sense for them to be making a Tron game like that too. Hopefully it's not a bloated, over-budget mess. It's just it's a Bithel game. It's a two-hour narrative adventure. You play it, you're done move on with your life because that's what they're good at now I, I hope one of you are excited about this one uh ghost trick phantom detective out in q3 I, i've heard a lot about this game yet i know nothing about it 
I'm hoping one of you is a fan <laughs> and can be excited because uh, I'm not going to be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I have played it. I've not completed it because it was actually one of those games that became really hard to get after a while and I managed to find mm-hmm. a copy for £10 and it's definitely not worth that wow uh and it's very 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 cool uh so i'm glad that it's coming to the switch it reminds me of the kind of the last bastion where a lot of big studios were really kind of experimental with their games because i feel like sometimes they can't unless it's an indie game they can't really do that anymore it's very stylized i can't really go into what you do in it because it's a bit like even that is kind of spoilery yeah you gotta say something. <laughs> if you like Phoenix Wright and you like kind of, uh, it's it's hard to put a finger on it because it will just be spoilers. But no, I've I've seen people on Twitter talking about this. I completely agree with them. You're dead. You play as a ghost. You're trying to solve your own murder. I I don't. Yeah. I don't why is that hard to say? That's what the game is about. It, it's just it's one of those games where I think it's cooler if people go in it fresh. I, I like to know what I'm getting into. So <laughs> I had, um, when it was revealed, I was on Discord Live with my friends and they were screaming in my ear. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are excited about this. Next up, and the first of many releases from Level 5, who are making a big comeback after pretty much being shut down during the pandemic, uh, Deco Police, which I actually have a hard time telling exactly what this game is. You're anime cops in a virtual world, I guess. And... The world gets hacked, and they have to solve the mystery. It seems to be the situation. <laughs> uh, it's it's a puzzle game. It's an RPG. There's a lot going on here because it's a level five game. I, I would be surprised if it's not an RPG because it's a level five game. I really wasn't clear exactly what this is. Were either of you excited by this? No. Um, I don't want to play as cops. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to love level 5 until I played Nino Kuni 2, which was one of the most boring JRPGs I've ever played in my life. What? Yeah. Nino Kuni uh, 2 is good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> this as well, it looks really similar to a lot of Digimon games that have been out in the last few years. Mm. Like, almost identical in terms of what it looks like is going on, so I'm like, hmm. But it, I like the the character models and the art style I'm a bit weary over them doing JRPGs again because I just worried I'm going to be bored again so I'm kind of like nah I'm okay. Change into digital cops to save the digital world (laughs) (laughs) Another one we knew was coming is Bayonetta Origins Seretsa at the Lost Demon out March 17th. Uh, This is obviously the Bayonetta prequel. There's actually a short demo of it embedded in Bayonetta 3 uh, somewhere on the level select, you just have to throw the dart at the right place and it'll start up. Very different from Bayonetta otherwise in terms of how it plays and how it looks. It's got a very storybook-like appearance. It's played with dual character combat and it's more focused on puzzle solving. Like Bayonetta or Seretsa, she's not Bayonetta yet, uh, can't attack, but she can lock down enemies using her magic. And then Cheshire, who is working with her during the story does the damage so i'm wondering how much this is going to tie in with viola in bayonetta 3 because that was kind of how she worked looks like an interesting game yeah it stood out to me but then i looked it up in the eShop, and it's a full priced game and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a tough sell for me i think i'd have fun with it but i i can't justify the 80 australian dollars for it it's criminal what they charge for games over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a country <laughs> for criminals. 
<laughs> Marge, watch your purse. <laughs> now, the next expansion pass announced was for Splatoon 3. You're both Splatoon 3 players, so I hope you have something to say about this. Uh, I have something to say about this. Wave 1 is Inkopolis. It's going to be out in Q2. That's it? Inkopolis? That's all it is? Mm. You're charging money for another hub that does the exact same thing as the hub that's already in the game? Are you kidding? Surely right. there's something else that they haven't shown yet. Because that is just... Surely. I, I, I was intrigued at first, and then it's just like, is that it? Yeah, it, it does the exact same functions as the other lobby. It's just a little bit smaller. What's the point? Yeah, there must be something more to it. Or at least I hope. Because <laughs> it's, what, £26 for the expansion pass? So I'm like, it's got to be more than just a new story mode if you're going to give us the cool original hub. I don't know. I'm worried. <laughs> it would be cool if they had, like, all of the campaign levels from the first game as well, but they're yeah. not going to do that. <laughs> no. I'm not going to be at all surprised when it comes out, and it's it's just Inkopolis. There is Wave 2 coming. They didn't give a release date, but it's coming. It's called Sight Order. It appears to be another bit of story content similar to the Octo expansion, which was amazing. That might be where the money's worth comes from it, but mm -hmm. I think just including Inkopolis as part of paid DLC is kind of ridiculous. Like, couldn't you just put that out in a free patch to everybody? You really have to charge money for this? But whatever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get Splatoon 3 anyway, so who cares? I mean, I haven't played it in months. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed my time with it, but they did not nail the live service style game. It just didn't hold me compared to other games that kind of require that constant revisiting like Fortnite, right the the contents like every three months apart uh and they don't really have anything new between those content drops and the cat the catalog's not as good as i was hoping uh side order is definitely going to get me to come back to the game that little bit that they showed with like the bleached coral that seems to be the splatoon 2 hub Mm. I'm guessing instead of a new playable race, we're going to get like another hub once you beat the game or the DLC. <laughs> I did wonder, like, you're going to introduce the first world's hub, but not the second. That's a curious choice. Made me wonder what, what else was coming. Yeah, I'm sure that the Splatoon nerds have pulled that trailer apart and got some <laughs> rough idea of what's going to happen. But I don't know. I'll just enjoy it as it comes. <laughs> Next announcement was Disney Illusion Island out July 28th. I still want this. <laughs> I Same. thought this was announced in a direct last year, and I thought it looked great then. We've seen more of it now. It looks even better now. Love all the unique animations for the four different player characters. I love all the unique animations for all the, the different characters. Like, it looks like Donald has a little firework he rides on on his double jump while Goofy has, like, a mustard bottle. <laughs> All I really want out of this game is it to just be a, a completely competent platformer. I don't even mm -hmm. care if it's if it's not even that interesting. But if the animation is really good, that will completely elevate it. I'll be perfectly happy with it. It looks like it's doing a lot of interesting things with the platforming anyway. High hopes for this one. Don't let me down. <laughs> and we had the Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass, yet... Another expansion pass from Nintendo for this Direct. Uh, they announced Wave 2, which is going to introduce new emblems and new missions, which lets you use a bunch of 
popular characters from past Fire Emblem games as your ring spirit guides, however that works. I haven't played the game. I can't use the right proper nouns that the game's made up, but that's out now. Sylvie is the only one of us who has Fire Emblem engaged. Did you get the expansion pass for it? No, I have it. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Did either of you get the, the expansion pass then? Not yet, because I just finished Xenoblade 3, I think. This is mm. my next big game to tackle, and I probably want to get the expansion pass while I'm playing it so that I get I can use the emblems during the playthrough. Yeah. Uh, that was my logic with Xenoblade 3, although... You know, it was still a little bit too early. Yeah, I haven't started it yet, but I will get this because it's got Camilla in it, and she is my favorite Fire Emblem character because she is the best girl. So, <laughs> for reasons I won't state here, <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> and also announced was Wave 4, uh, which is a story mode called Fell Xenolog. They didn't announce Wave 3. I, d- I don't know what that means, but yeah. Wave 4 will be coming out sometime in the future wave three's in the trailer it's just more emblems oh <laughs> how exciting um, <laughs> the, the way that it's named fell xenolog just tells me that it's a uh, maybe a long side mission but maybe just the one maybe it's like a uh the fourth house that was introduced in three houses which mm-hmm. seemed to be like it was it's uh a new campaign so i, I... yeah but this is a, a xenolog and they the way that fire emblem does like xenologs and paralogs and all of that is like just one-off missions where you unlock a new character or something. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a little intrigued, I guess. And then they announced a new game from Don't Nod, Harmony: The Fall of Reverie, a narrative game where you play as a person with psychic powers who like you. They showed how it works. Like she literally sees the future as a flowchart and you have to work your way through it and you can change to different branches and you can align yourself with like different characters that represent like chaos and strength and order not nothing too groundbreaking there but it it can still be interesting if they do it well that's going to be out in june either of you going to pick that one up Mm, probably not but don't nod other ones that did life is strange originally Mm -hmm. i believe yeah so it's an interesting change of pace And then we saw a lot more of Octopath Traveler 2, which is out February 24th, and that has the customary demo that you can play for four hours, and then it carries over to the main game. The more I see this game, the more interested I actually am in playing it, because it looks like it's a lot more varied than the first game was. I don't think I mentioned that when I recapped the game in one of our January episodes, every area was almost the same. There was only like really five different kinds of dungeons. There was a cave. There was like a, a mansion, a, a dungeon, dungeon, like in, and ruins and a forest. Like those are the five different dungeons. And all through the game, you just see, do these same looking areas over and over and over. And it got really boring i'm really happy to look at octopath traveler 2 all the footage they put out from it and just seeing how different each area looks i'm hoping this is going to be a a lot more varied game that sustains itself over its 100 hour long uh playtime because octopath traveler 1 i would have been perfectly happy if it ended after 30 hours (laughs) i'm glad it's got a demo because um someone online pointed out that with how expensive games are right now and how hard it is to afford them with what's going on 
in the world the demos are probably like the most needed that they've ever been right now uh, if you're gonna you know put 60 70 quid in a game so i'm like oh yeah but then square enix are quite good with demos or they have been in the last few years i guess it's not new from them but i'm happy to see it especially because it carries over because final bar line is the same where your progress will carry over when the game comes out next week well i am irrationally committed to uh, my playtime numbers on my profile so i just refuse to play the demos oh yeah because they're always separate <laughs> Uh, if it's not going to be part of the actual game, then uh, <laughs> and, and most of the time I, I already have decided if I want to play a game just by reading about it and watching a trailer. Like I'll get a demo like with Ghost Runner. I got I got a demo for that one because I was skeptical about how the game would play on Switch. Turns out it plays pretty well. I don't need to play a demo to be convinced most of the time. I already know before a game is even out if I'm interested in it. I, I'm probably quite different from most people mm -hmm. in my experience okay also announced was we love katamari reroll plus royal reverie that's out june 2nd second katamari game out on switch which uh i i wanted to get the first one i just never did and now i can never find it at a price i'm willing to pay for it so uh to prevent that happening again i just pre-ordered this one right away <laughs> <laughs> this would be my first katamari game which i've heard a lot about i hope it's good I hope I like it. Yeah, there's not much to not like about them. But I think once you've played one, the rest of them are kind of similar. So it's all about finding the one that you like, I guess. I already played Donut County, which from what I know about Katamari, Donut County is actually pretty similar. And I didn't oh. I didn't care for Donut County that much. But this is much wackier than Donut mm -hmm. County. So who knows? I got Katamari Damacy on um, Switch and just barely touched it. So maybe I should hmm. play more of it and a bit more excited for this one too and then game of the year sea of stars is out august 29th we've seen more of it in this one than we have of anything and you know this is a game i've been excited for for years so i'm just very happy that we're finally going to get to play it on august 29th from the developers of the messenger which is a very different game but just based on how good the messenger was i completely trusted them to make this game which is more of a 16-bit style JRPG. It looks like it's combining Chrono Trigger and weirdly elements of Mario and Luigi. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Okay, good. I was going to say, am I the only one who's super excited for this one? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm super excited. I'm just acknowledging that despite not liking pixel graphics being used for a lot of indie games, this has kind of changed my mind a bit. Uh, it seems really dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was another one where um, I didn't realize I was following the devs because when they sh showed it, I was like, I recognize those waterfalls. Oh, cool. It's very, very pretty. I love sprite artwork and I'm kind of amazed about how pretty it is. So this is definitely one that I'm very, very intrigued for. Whether I get it when it comes out or when it's on sale sometime, I don't know. But it's very pretty. I'll play it one way or another, but I might hold out for a physical release if they announce one. Yeah. We'll see. But there's a demo out for it now if anybody would like to check that one out. Free-to-play game Omega Strikers was also announced. It's out April 27th. It's a free-to-play game, yet they're somehow having pre-orders for it. I, I don't know. Yeah. With what's been happening with free-to-play games lately, I, I looked at this one and said, okay, if you like this one, you better enjoy the six months you get out of it because it's probably not going to be around <laughs> yep. very long. Uh, next announced was Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection out June 1st. This is a 
first-person dungeon-crawling series from the DS and the 3DS. I think the three games in this are all DS games, though. Very much built using DS's features, because you actually do have to draw the map yourself, which I always really liked. I just don't know how functional or how fun that's going to be on the Switch, which doesn't have the dual screen option. They are introducing new difficulty options and more importantly, an auto map function, which is nice that it's there. But again, what I thought was really cool about it was you had to draw the map yourself. So they're just kind of cutting out the feature of the game that I actually thought sounded cool. And it's just becoming a first person dungeon crawler, which are a dime a dozen. So <laughs> I think the auto mapping has always been there. Has it? Um, wow. What it does is only it only draws the floor. It doesn't draw walls and features like enemies mm. and chests and stuff. But I, I know there's an auto mapping feature in Persona Q, which is, you know, same developers. Well, I, I know this is a, a cult series that has a lot of big fans, even though it's not really a mainstream success. But I was, mm. I was certainly interested in these looking at them. Just, you know, it's nice to have... Just games you can always dip into that are going to take you a while and will keep you engaged for a while if you just you just need a game like that. And this one gives you three of those. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and well, it's going to be sold as a complete collection. You can also buy them separately on the eShop. Very pricey, too. They're 60 Australian yeah. dollars each. Um, oh, my gosh. Or $120 for all three of them together. So, you know, what? do the math. <laughs> Let's buy two, get one free. Basically. And I think they're on sale right now on the what is remaining of the 3DS eShop. If you have any money left in it, because you can't yeah. have any. Um, I think Etrian Odyssey 4 was the first game I officially reviewed. So oh, wow. maybe I'll go back and play these when they're at a reasonable price. <laughs> I think they've also got DLC as well. Uh, I remember seeing something where they're adding like, uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona characters. Yeah. What? In this or in the originals? Like the originals were DS games; they couldn't do DLC. No, in this re-release. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't hear anything about that. Uh, I found a post on Reddit about it. I, it wasn't in the direct or anything. Oh, okay. And then it was supposed to be released last year. Now it's coming out for real this time. Hopefully, uh, Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp. You know, I was excited for this last year, and then world events happened and they decided not to release it because it would just be in bad taste but you know I, I played the original advance wars one it came out like a couple days after september 11th attacks on new york city oh, no. i was fine <laughs> i was not traumatized by the video game i i don't know better to err on the side of caution probably mm. These games are cartoons. I mean, this is not a serious portrayal of war. I, I didn't really see what the issue was, but may, maybe there's a voice out there who can counter me, but that, that's my take on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just happy to see these, but I was excited for them last year. My excitement has burned out. I'm just like, okay, cool. I'll play these, but not excited anymore. <laughs> and once again, it sounds like I'm the only one who cares about Advance Wars. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I never played yeah. the originals. Yeah. You're not nearly as aggravating as Andy, who is just like, I prefer Fire Emblem. And I'm like, Fire Emblem is so boring. Play Advance Wars. <laughs> I mean, I'm also carrying a lot of issues with me from uh, 
Wargrooved, where every custom campaign online was Fire Emblem. It's like, you people, you, you just, you don't get it, do you? <laughs> Advanced Wars is not Fire Emblem. They're completely different games. Quit expecting them to be Fire Emblem. <laughs> Next up was Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe out February 24th. This is a an update of a previous Kirby game, which uh, I thought I knew what it was. Now I'm not so sure. Uh, do either of you know, was this a Wii game or was it a 3DS game or was it one of those? It was a Wii game. It was a Wii game, okay. Hopefully it's a pretty long game. I, I've been kind of burned out on the Kirby series lately because I was really unimpressed with a lot of the releases for a long time. Kirby Star Allies was just a pathetic game. I can't believe they charged how much they part they did for that but then kirby uh and the forgotten land came out last year and was pretty great i'm hoping this one is also of that caliber or if it's uh another star allies i'm gonna be pretty irritated have either of you played it on Wii? no um so yeah. i've been looking forward to this one no, i say i didn't get into kirby until a lot like quite recently actually and there's still mm. so many Kirby games on the Switch, like the the older ones. I I feel sometimes a bit Kirby'd out. Like I'm intrigued, but not to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pre-order this because there's a lot of Kirby, and sometimes a lot of them are very similar. So I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> the way they treat Kirby is it's kind of weird. As you said, there's so many Kirby games on Switch. A lot of them mm -hmm. are free to play downloads. I never really considered Kirby to be one of Nintendo's like frontline franchises and yet yet it's the game that gets constant sequels and spin-offs especially on Switch. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I've started to enjoy Kirby like merch more than the actual game <laughs> cuz they're cute and they're cool and then I play the games and I'm like, "Oh, I forget that they're really similar." I actually prefer like the ones that are like the puzzle games ones aren't even the mainline ones and i still mm. haven't played i still haven't played the one from last year either which is really bad but yeah it's kirby kirby is kirby kirby can either be really fun or really bland yeah. uh, they highlighted in this video something called magalore epilogue the interdimensional traveler which is a post credits mode that just tells a new story with a character who has lost all of their powers and you can get them back by getting points by defeating enemies and there's a combo system so like the more efficient you are at killing enemies the more points you get so you get the powers back faster and you can choose like how the powers come back so he has a gliding ability he has a magic attack and you can charge them up at your own pace focusing on on the areas you prefer which can be fun i hope it's uh as interesting as it sounds or it might just be a super short super easy super simple post credits mode that you finish in an hour we'll find out uh there's a demo out for this now and uh, as i said it'll be out in less than two weeks february 24th and then they announced that coming to nintendo switch online to the basic tier so available to everybody who is just subscribed for the cheaper version uh, we got the game boy app which is available now it includes the games Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Return of Samus, Wario Land 3, yeah. and Kirby's Dream Land. Have any of us spent any amount of time playing any of these games in the three days they've been out now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> 
It's kind of all I've been doing. Oh, hit your highlights then. What, what what do you recommend? Well, it's a bit obvious, but Link's Awakening DX is like arguably the mm-hmm. best version of that game if you ignore the remake that came out. I would even say it's better even including that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't want to be that person because <laughs> I'm always like... I'll be that person. <laughs> but You're yeah, allowed it's... to like some games better than others. <laughs> People will survive. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite games ever and one of my favorite Zelda games ever the Mm. charm and the music and the dungeons and this has an extra dungeon in it I'm excited because their Link's Awakening did come out on the little game and watch thing they released was that a couple years ago now three years ago yeah yeah it was two years ago but it wasn't the DX version which is the superior one (laughs) everyone should do this before you play anything is go in the settings and put in the kind of scan lines because they actually look good no they don't Oh, I think they look good. But yeah, I did replay and completed Super Mario Land 2, but it's it's so easy and it's got charm to it, but it's a bit boring. I much prefer the first one, which yeah. isn't there. So. It is interesting that they didn't put the first one in, but they did put the second yeah, one in. It is. The first one, I, I think I know why they didn't. It's because the characters are so small. They're tiny. <laughs> Like That might be okay on a Switch, or especially when you're playing on a, a docked big display mm-hmm. screen uh but on the original game boy it was just why is mario so small <laughs> <laughs> the sprites in super mario land 2 are much bigger with the downside that uh you can't fit as much on the screen so there are trade-offs <laughs> but yeah i would still the, say this is a better game than the first one the first one when i played it when i was little it was on like one of those bootleg carts that had like 16 <laughs> games in one oh, so no. i th- i thought it was a fake Mario game and then I was older and I was like well this is a real Mario game because it was like you're in Egypt and I'm like okay and it was just felt very weird still feels a bit weird I guess I still wish it was there well Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2 they were both made by Gunpei Yokoi not by Shigeru Miyamoto so like given varying degrees of fakeness (laughs) yeah Super Mario Land 1 and 2 are kind of fake Mario games they were not made by the developers of the console ones, which are rightly classics and famous to this day. Mm. Sobe, did you play any of these? Wario Land 3. Yeah. Um, I was mad Mario Wario Land 1 wasn't in there, but uh, it's a Wario Land. I'll take it. it. Well, Wario Land 1 was Super Mario Land mm-hmm. 2? It was Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. That was the title. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Wario Land 2 is also great. But Wario Land 3 is still good. I grew up on all of the Wario Land games except the first one. Oh. They're so weird. Uh, I always loved that Wario's transformations. Instead of like turning into a raccoon or okay. changing his outfit to throw fireballs, he turns into a zombie or a vampire <laughs> bat or he just gets flattened yeah. or a spring. It's so bizarre. It's like I really like the first Wario Land game where uh, he, has, he has more basic transformation abilities, but it still plays like a, a fairly standard Wario game. And then Wario Land 3, I played that one quite a number of years later, and I was just like, I just got hit. Why is Wario not dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's more about the obstacles rather than like yeah. health being like a resource, which makes it more like a puzzle platformer to me. Um, yeah puzzle and a little bit of skill 
involved, like dodging enemies to avoid those transformations. Like zombies go through uh, the one-way floors, which means that if you're a zombie, you can't get through certain areas because you'll just fall through the floor. Uh, or the, the like the vampire okay. mode where you're like the bat, so you need to get up. But if you touch a light, you transform back to normal. So you have to avoid all the lights, things like that. And I think it's a little bit, I can't remember if it's this one or four, but I, I think it's three where it's a little bit like a Metroidvania game. Yeah, I, I said it. Well, you, you oh. unlock more abilities. <laughs> I, I have to play more of it to really refresh my memory, but I played so much mm. of it as a kid two three and four but four is a game boy advance game highly recommend it if you like weird platformers i wish that nintendo went in this direction with wario more than WarioWare, but <laughs> that's yeah, just me that's what wario is now is WarioWare. yeah this was like 25 years ago now that i played wario land 3 however long ago it was maybe it was only 20 but i i should probably play it again but i i was so alienated by how different it was from wario land one which i just adored that game that i didn't get very far in it i'm much older now i'm much more open to a different variety of games i should try wario land 3 to see if i like it i suspect i will i hope so i still <laughs> hope wario land one shows up on this at some point because uh, surely it will yeah the, the selection they put up is actually surprisingly limited I, I expect a lot more games to show up in the future. It's not like when the Super NES app came out and it just had everything right away. There are a lot of holes in this Game Boy lineup. I've played through Gargoyles Quest, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, uh, Kirby's Dream Land, which is the very first Kirby game. And seriously, mm -hmm. it's like it's like 40 minutes long. <laughs> if you want to just beat a game quick, <laughs> this is a good this is a good option. And uh. uh Tonight, I played through Metroid 2 Return of Samus. They're all games I would describe as fine, but they're Game Boy games. They were pretty limited in what they were able to do. I enjoyed revisiting them, but I have pretty major complaints about all of them, really. <laughs> uh, which I think is why it took so long for the Game Boy app to come out. Why they put out the NES and the Super NES games first because they hold up a lot better than i think these games do but still these are worth visiting and legend of zelda link's awakening just defies the hardware it's on it's an amazing game to this day 100 mm -hmm. percent recommend that one the only reason i didn't play that one was because i knew that it would be a good 10 to 12 hours for me to finish it <laughs> i know it by heart already so i wanted to play these other ones i do want to give a special shout out to gargoyles quest when the super nes ip came out I specifically highlighted Demon's Crest, to which this game is a prequel. It's not nearly as good as Demon's Crest, but if, if you played Demon's Crest at my recommendation and enjoyed it, this is the game that kicked off that series, and I'm just amazed to see them just dumped onto the Nintendo Switch online service when Capcom could easily put the three Gargoyles Quest games into a collection, like an HD collection, or even just... A simple remaster like the Kawabunga collection last year, I would buy that in a heartbeat because I love all three of these games. I will freely admit Gargoyles Quest is, is a pretty rough game. There were a number of places in, in the adventure where I was like, are you kidding? This is so annoying it's bad <laughs> but, but i still i still played it and I, i'm still glad i played it and now the three game boy 
like additions. There's the classic Game Boy, there's the Game Boy Pocket, and the Game Boy Color. You can access all the screen modes from a settings menu in this, which I think is kind of nice. I played all the games in the, the ugly green color just because I wanted a more authentic experience, but the Game Boy Pocket is just a straight black and white color, which is a lot easier on the eyes. And if you're playing one of the games that supports Game Boy Color mode, then you can have those different options too. Uh, which is, it's really nice that that's there. And if you're playing a game like Link's Awakening DX or Alone in the Dark, those are just straight-up Game Boy Color games. You don't have an option there. Uh, They have announced more games that are coming to the Game Boy app in the future, which include The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, the Pokemon trading card game, and Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Yay! Uh, Are there any games not listed there? I already said WarioWare, like... Anything else that feels like it's missing from that list? Because there's there's an extensive list of classic Game Boy games that aren't there. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning that a lot of these picks are the virtual console games that are on the 3DS. Mm. So for, it's good that they're popping up because it, obviously because they're not going to be on the 3DS for long. These are the exact games which I bought on the 3DS. So I imagine that might mean Pokemon Red and Blue and silver and gold and crystal yeah. might uh, might appear because they're <sighs> one of the ones that used to be on the virtual console but i don't know they might save them for to milk more money i of them in a different way <laughs> that would be my guess is they would be sold yeah. because they know people will buy them whereas the game like the pokemon trading card game is much more niche like if you want to see what the oh, pokemon so trading card game was like in 1999 Play the Game Boy Color game because that's what that is. <laughs> it's so good, though. It has yeah. honestly one of the best soundtracks to yeah, a game. I love it's the soundtrack. So amazing. I know those songs to this day. <laughs> yeah, and it was cool back in the day because you actually got an exclusive Pokemon card with it, which was like bragging rights at school. I can't think other than the Pokemon games, but I'm so hyped about Oracle of Ages and Seasons because I love them so much. <laughs> Forefront of my mind on other games that could come is Donkey Kong Land 1, 2, and 3. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have the Game Boy Color version of Donkey Kong Country, and I actually might... I think I have more nostalgia with it than the original SNES game. Well, they're actually... I don't know about Donkey Kong Country on Game Boy Color. I think that was a straight-up port. But they mm-hmm. made other ones that were called Donkey yeah. Kong Land, which appeared to be ports of the Super NES games were actually quite different in a number of ways. So I would be interested to see those so that way we could compare them side by side with the Donkey Kong Country series on Super NES. That would be interesting. Mm. But the next bullet point, which you already kind of addressed, uh, Pokemon Stadium. We know that's coming to Nintendo 64 uh, sometime this year. And we talked about this last year when it was announced, whether Pokemon Red and Blue would be playable in that way some way. We didn't know because we said there's no Game Boy app. Now there is a Game Boy app. Do we think what is the what is the realm of possibility that concurrent with the Nintendo 64 app coming out with Pokemon Stadium, we will get Pokemon Red and Blue, and somehow, some way, through some digital sorcery, we'll be able to play it on the Game Boy Tower? Do you think that's going to happen? I hope so. I feel like if we're going to hear about that anytime soon, it'll be for the Pokemon Day presentation mm, that they mm. do every oh, yeah. year i don't know i i mean i never expected the original games the game boy games to come out on the 3ds at all anything could happen but they were charging money for them there so yeah i don't know maybe they will be standalone titles on the switch like they were on the 3ds 
but more importantly, will they be compatible with Pokemon Stadium? Because really, the value of Pokemon Stadium just goes way down if you don't have access to the Game Boy Tower. It's like it's the mini games and it's the rental Pokemon, and the rental Pokemon are super boring because you can't <laughs> develop them. They're not your Pokemon. I, yeah. I, I just always, th- I always thought the rental Pokemon, you know to dredge up issues with a 25 year old game <laughs> i always thought the rental pokemon were a really bad idea i think yeah also have to consider that the n64 games are playable online mm-hmm. so if you're playing against someone online are they going to be able to load their pokemon save into it as well as player two yeah so many issues all the reasons we're listing here are probably why it's not going to happen but we can hope. We can hope, can't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm just trying to be realistic. I'd love to see it happen because I'd love to play Pokemon again. I, I think the original game and Gold, they were all very fun games back in the day. And uh, I had a lot of fun replaying them when they came out in 3DS and I'd like to do it again, honestly. And you get three times speed in Pokemon Stadium for the games too, which was like so helpful. <laughs> and then they got rid of that for the second one for some reason. Yeah, well, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 are coming out, so... Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe we'll see Pokemon Red, Yellow, Blue with Pokemon Stadium coming out at the same time. And then again, Pokemon Stadium 2 with Gold, Silver and Crystal. Yeah. Well, we got to move on. We got to move on. (laughs) (laughs) To the next category, Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pass got the Game Boy Advance app the same day, the same date. Uh, It includes Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, which is the third time that game is available on this service. You got it on the NES app. It's included in Super Mario All-Stars on Super NES. Now you can play it here. (laughs) This does include the e-reader levels, many of which were impossible to access depending upon the region you lived in because the e-reader cards that let you get to those levels were never released in that region. This is not the first time that's been possible. This game has been released on the Virtual Console, which also had the e-reader levels, but now you got it through a subscription service, so I think it's going to be much more widely available to people. So worth looking at there for that. Uh, WarioWare Incorporated, Mega Micro Games, uh, Kuru Kuru Kuruin, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and The Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap. A much stronger lineup of games here, I think, than was on the Game Boy. But that might just be my opinion. I don't have the expansion pass, so I didn't play any of these. Did, did either of you spend any time with the Game Boy Advance app? Yep, I completed WarioWare. I played a bit mm. of Kuru Kuru Kuruin because um, I think one of them never came out over here. So I was kind of always intrigued to play it. There was something weird about one of the sequels and I've never had a shot. It's really fun. Mm. Had a go of Mario Kart. I've completed it before. Same old. And then I've started a new file on Superstar Saga because I absolutely adore the Alpha Dream Mario and Luigi games. They're brilliant. And <laughs> oh, I, I just, I'm, oh, just my face just lights up whenever I play them because they're just so funny and charming and lovely. And it's actually cool that Minish Cap is on it because I don't know, if, did either of you have the 3DS when it first came out before the price no. cut? You mean so the ambassador like a, program? Yeah. So if you had the ambassador program, they gave you a bunch of like Game Boy Advance games for like 
thanks for supporting us kind of thing and Minish Cap was one of them, BioWare was one of them. So it's cool that they've kind of escaped that because <laughs> that was still the only way you could get them on the 3DS. So I mean, you still have to pay for the expansion though. <laughs> so <laughs> there's still a wall there, but hey. I mean, I played a little bit of Super Circuit. Um, just reminded me how slippery Mario Kart used mm-hmm. to be with the controls. <laughs> <laughs> the tracks in that game, the race courses, they're some of my favorites just in theme yeah. like cheese land and ribbon road they're just fun <laughs> it's interesting to see those because they have adaptations in mario kart 8 where they are unrecognizable yeah <laughs> you would not guess they're from the game boy advance game so now you can actually look at those side by side which i think is really cool yeah uh, i haven't played any of the other ones really since the apps come out and beforehand I've always wanted to play Minish Cap. It's one of the few Zelda games I haven't played. So. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> I like it. It's one of my least favorite Zelda games. That's all okay. I'll say about it. You go ahead and you gush about it because I know it's one of your favorites. No, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's what I, I never owned it originally. So the first time I actually got to play it was on the 3DS. Um, it's just a short, charming experience. I really like the sprite art. The graphics are really good. Yeah, it's not the best Zelda game ever. It's not the best Zelda handheld game ever, but it's short, sweet, charming, and it's just nice Zelda fun times. There's nothing too outrageous about it. I have been told by children... Yeah, in your opinion, yeah. I have been told (laughs) by children, like like children, that I have to hand in my gamer card because I didn't like the Minish Cap. Screw you. I've been playing The Legend of Zelda longer than you've been alive. I'm allowed to not like the Minish Cap if I don't want to. <laughs> but anyway, enough of my baggage. Uh, future games coming to the Game Boy Advance app will be Metroid Fusion, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem. Uh, I, I don't know which Fire Emblem game this is. When it was released in the West, it was the first Fire Emblem game actually released over here. So they just called it Fire Emblem. Uh, F-Zero, Maximum Velocity, and golden sun and if they release golden sun but don't release golden sun the lost age that's just going to be a crime they should not be allowed (laughs) to do that because golden sun literally ends on a cliffhanger (laughs) when metroid fusion comes out absolutely everyone has to play it Mm -hmm. yep that is actually my personal favorite of the 2d metroid games which is probably another reason i have to hand in my gamer card but i don't care i like metroid fusion no no i think that's a popular opinion yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. Last I heard, people didn't like it because it was too linear. No. Most hardcore Metroid fans, that's their favorite game. That's yeah. what they tell. I, I really that enjoyed super. it, but it's not my favorite. But, but it's yeah. usually Fusion. Yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, I'd always heard Super Metroid. Super Metroid is the goat, as the kids say. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's <don't>. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Metroid Fusion has one of the best major enemies in it. SAX, I think yeah. the fact that they can add so much tension and horror from a 2D a Game Boy Advance game, pixelated, <laughs> yeah, that thing is terrifying. <laughs> I'm still holding that hope that Wario Land 4 comes to this app. I think it's one of Nintendo's best games. Just gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> it it's, there's just so much fun in it from every aspect: the level design, the music, the sound design the gameplay it's all just really fun and silly 
one of my favorite aspects is that each level has like a hidden CD in it. And you're like, oh, cool. I'll go to the sound test, which was a, a fairly common feature in games at the time. And let's do the soundtrack. <laughs> and it's just this really weird and almost unsettling soundscape of this one where it's just two people aggressively whispering to each other and then a door will open and then it'll be like random <laughs> animal sounds and then the door will close and the whispering oh. will start again. It's just weird. <laughs> Soundtrack by Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hope it comes. It's got one of my favorite soundtracks. It's just so bizarre. Oh, I, I, before we move on as well, uh, the pinball games. The Game Boy Advance Pokemon Pinball was brilliant. Oh, I'd love to see uh, the Game Boy Color Pokemon Pinball game. Yeah, too. that's another one that has one of my favorite soundtracks because it's just so fun. And I would love... Oh, I don't know how they would do the... I don't know. I just want them back. I want them back. I want a new one. But anyway... That too. <laughs> we got to start moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up was Metroid Prime Remastered. The, the hot money for years has been on Metroid Prime Trilogy getting ported. They surprised us with a full-on remaster, which is being sold individually for $40. I think it's $60 in Australia. Yeah. Absurd. <laughs> but... The price aside, this looks like a really impressive remaster to the point that there, I've been watching debates for the past couple of days on Twitter on whether this is actually technically a remake, not a remaster, but it's a remaster. Anyway, it's a remaster, okay. Metroid Prime, one of the greatest games of all time, like one of the greatest leaps from 2D to 3D of all time. Really happy to see it here. It includes dual stick controls. They somewhat confusingly made it sound like that was the only way you could play the game, but there are an original control setup and motion aiming still exist here. Uh, there are some technical problems that have been highlighted, particularly in the textures of the doors. Uh, one of the original developers who spent a lot of time working on the door textures was quite unhappy to see what they've done to them in this remaster. But... More importantly, the original team has been entirely omitted from the credits. They get a special oh. thanks at the end of the credits. That's unacceptable. Fix that with a patch, please. Uh, there will be a physical version out February 22nd, and I know Sylvie has been playing this because she did get the digital version of this. Do you have anything you want to say about it now, or do you need more time? Uh, I'll do a more in-depth one when I've had more time with it. I've played the intro. I will say that this is mm -hmm. probably one of the best remasters I've ever played in terms of mm. quality. When the video was playing, when it's when it came up, they hadn't said it was a remaster yet. And I was looking at it, I, was, I saw the graphics, and it was like, this game still looks great, because I thought I was looking at the GameCube graphics. <laughs> but I was looking at the remastered ones. I, I will admit, I had to watch a few videos of like the graphics comparisons because there's there's something funky with playing like old video games where your brain kind of fills in the gaps a little bit. And so mm. you see a remaster and you're like, what's the difference? <laughs> but there is a huge, actually noticeable difference between the original and this. The lighting in particular is a standout to me. It's all baked in lighting. There's some dynamic lights, but it just looks fantastic. I know you said it was outrageous for 60 Australian dollars. I think it's a bit of a bargain. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just remembering, like, so Metroid Prime Trilogy came out on Wii U. It was like $50 for all three. That was still at like the original Wii resolution as well. That wasn't even upscaled. Yeah, but they put motion controls on it, so it wasn't the same thing, but... 
talking about Nintendo's price points is pointless because Nintendo good <laughs> Nintendo. So yeah. anyway, it's and, I mean, look, here. look at Skyward Sword where they didn't really touch yeah. much on that, and then they charged like eighty dollars, and then this one where they've redone the graphics entirely, mm-hmm. and it runs at sixty frames per second with no, and it costs less. I think, yeah. <sighs> I paid full price for that Skyward Sword game. I played it for an hour. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I I tried to finish it, and then it just started making me backtrack. Anyway, <laughs> um, Metroid Prime is one of my all-time favorite games, though. So I think my yeah. tolerance for paying for a remaster <laughs> is a bit greater than most. I think this if this is your first Metroid Prime experience, I'm jealous because yeah. it really is fantastic. <sighs> I can't believe the number of people who I, I've been friends with for years, including Andy, who have never played Metroid Prime. It's like, what were you doing in 2001? <laughs> I haven't completed it. You played it, though. I've had a shot of it. I never yeah. owned it. Yeah. I actually played uh, the DS one, Prime Hunter. You're on the so list like... now, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I don't think any of my friends no. had it. My play order is Hunters 3 and then mm-hmm. 1. Ah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I played them all in order of release, so I was I was tuned into this series. Yeah, I did have a GameCube. Well, we all can't be as you know hardcore as you. <laughs> Why not try harder? <laughs> I have to go back in time for that. Anyway, get it. That that's all I was going to say. And hopefully we'll have an in-depth conversation about it after we've all had a chance to play it. I'm really hoping Andy Mm -hmm. will join us for that one, too, because, Andy, it's just unacceptable you haven't played Metroid Prime. It's unacceptable. (laughs) It is. Now, what do we think the odds are they're going to do a similar remaster for Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime 3, and they are going to be released after the Q2 and Q3 directs this year? I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. I'm probably going to be wrong. But I'm going to guess because I want something to look forward to. I'm hoping they do that because I, I still haven't played Prime 2. Prime 3 is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Prime 2 gets more hate than it deserves, but it's definitely weaker than Prime 1. I would rate it higher than Prime 3, though. Yeah, th- 3 just has some odd features. It's got some cool features where you can call in your gunship and do certain things, but it's yeah. really just spectacle rather than making the gameplay fun prime 3 they had a lot of ambitions for it which they weren't able to accomplish either because of time or budget or just the the hardware they were on hopefully we'll see them make something with like metro prime 4 out of what they wanted to do with metro prime 3 but weren't really able to do like we could talk about it more when 3 comes out but like its main mm-hmm. problem is they wanted it to be like this galaxy spanning thing uh, so there's a lot of smaller planets instead of just one big area that's all interconnected. That's its main problem, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's just it feels very small and episodic, which doesn't follow on well for Metroid Prime One and Metroid Prime Two, which are very dense and interconnected. Yeah, and it's also weird that three has um, voice acting when the others didn't. <laughs> Um, it, it really does stand out. It's not that it's bad, it's just odd. Yeah. I mean, my personal hope originally for Metroid Prime on Switch was that they'd do a, like, the trilogy, but also bring in Hunters so that I could play that again. 
because that's <laughs> really hard to play without original hardware. But also, I know everyone hates it, but Metroid Prime uh, Federation Force was actually a good game. It just... <laughs> the amount of hate it got was because it wasn't the next Metroid game. It was a spin-off. And I understand it, but it was still a fun game. That came out, like, really early on in the era of social media backlash to video games. Like, that was when it really started. Like, it was mm. Mass Effect 3, the ending to Mass Effect 3, and <laughs> Metroid Prime oh, yeah. Federation Force. That was when, like, the hate brigade really yeah, began forging the world that we now live in misery in. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Master Detective Archive's Rain Code is out June 30th. We've seen this in a few directs. I think you've been enthusiastic about it in the past. Are you still feeling that way? Yeah, I like Danganronpa, and it's the people that do Danganronpa, and it looks right. very Danganronpa adjacent. So... This didn't show you again what you actually do. <laughs> it looks like a murder mystery thing. I don't know. I'm intrigued because I like that kind of thing. So I'll probably get it eventually. Anime games. If it's an anime game, I'm probably going to play it at some point. <laughs> this is how I roll. Uh, Batten Kaidos 1 and 2 HD remaster. That, I, I'm looking at that and I'm like, that can't be right because Batten Kaidos 2 was actually a prequel. But I think that's what they called it in the direct. Anyway, that's out in Q3. These are remasters of two card-based RPGs that were on GameCube, and these were out long before deck builders were a thing. Mm. Uh, I played most of the first one, and I just found it incredibly boring, and I just I quit playing. I think I was actually probably pretty near the end of the game, but I just gave up on it. But that was a good 20 years ago, 15 years ago maybe. So maybe if I replayed it now, I'll be a little more open to it, but I'm still not super excited. Uh, we have since learned that these are going to have Japanese voice track only. The English voice track in the first one, at least, sounded really hollow. Like the recordings weren't very high quality. But that might just be yeah. compression of trying to fit them onto a GameCube disc. Who knows? Uh, the point is, there's only a Japanese voice track now. That might be for the best. One of my friends is a hardcore fan of these games. And apparently, with the voice acting, they just pulled people off the street. It was like, it was like <laughs> one of those situations. So it's not good, but it's like one of those things where people have kind of like a nice, you know, memory of how bad it sounded. The second game never came out in Europe. Uh, it was only Japan and North America. So that's mm. pretty cool, even though I, I never heard of these games until this Direct. I was like, oh, I always like when that happens. Okay, moving right along. Fantasy Life <laughs> I, The Girl Who Steals Time, will be out in 2023. This was another game from Level 5. I looked at this, and I was like, I already played Animal Crossing. I don't need this in my life. Did you never play the 3DS one? No. Oh, it was really good. I started it, and I really liked it, but I never finished it. Are the past Fantasy Life games more distinct? Because when I looked at this, all I saw was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Like before, it was like Animal Crossing, but you actually got to like Stardew Valley, where you actually got to like fight and like mm. monsters and go in dungeons and stuff. Yeah, and they showed some of that here, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah. The 3DS one was like one of the best 3DS games I thought mm. at the time, so I'm actually really excited about this because New Horizons got boring for me really quickly. So uh, Well, I played New Horizons for 500 hours, so I'm like, I do not need <laughs> okay. this game in my life. <laughs> no. And I guess there's Stardew Valley as well, so... Well, I need to play more Stardew Valley. I don't have enough <laughs> of that in my life. But as soon as I saw the robot, like, building, like, terraforming yeah. the cliff with the water by, I was like, that is Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. 
I don't need this. <laughs> uh, and the final level five announcement was Professor Layton and the New World of Steam, which does not have a release date, but it's nice to know they're making more Professor Layton games. These were really Yay. popular on DS and 3DS. There is a Switch entry in this series, but it's about Professor Layton's daughter. I'm not too sure what happened with that, that they're now going back to Professor Layton, but the series is back. Fans rejoice. Mm-hmm. I've only played... Uh, Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton, so I, I can't really talk too much about the games. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. They're so amazing. I've played most of them. I've seen the movie. Oh, I love Professor Layton. He just makes me happy. I was like yelling when I saw this because I just love his little face. So <laughs> I probably will pre-order this when it actually gets a release date. And then the last DLC announcement for a Nintendo series, Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Pass Wave 4, which will be out in Q2 is including an original track based on Yoshi's Island from the Super NES, which you can play on the Super NES app. Highly recommend it. Great platformer. Uh, looks very stylistically, like, drawing a lot from that series. I'm excited to see that and race on it. And they're adding Birdo to the lineup of racers, who I honestly thought was already in the game. So <laughs> I was a little confused there. <laughs> yeah, th- there's a couple of, like, glaring omissions in the Mario Kart 8 driver lineup like they don't have diddy kong in there still and the original game didn't have bowser jr either yeah there's a, there's a few additions that they could make birdo was probably the the most obvious one uh it looks like they're gonna do at least one per wave from now on i wonder why they've decided to do it now i mean diddy kong already has his own kart racer he doesn't need to be in mario kart 8 <laughs> It'd be nice if that came to the Nintendo 64 app. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would. Yeah, that'd be a good addition. Uh, what I liked about the Yoshi's Island track is that it has its own unique coins and item boxes, where it's like the little clouds. Yeah, the green I love co- it when they do that. Yeah, they've done it for, I think, the Animal Crossing one. There's another spin-off one. Zelda. Zelda. The Zelda track. Yeah. One of the courses in this um, wave is composed by the same composer as is it Celeste Martin climbing game I thought that was pretty cool and then the sizzle reel Minecraft Legends will be out April 18th that's the Minecraft RTS blank will be out February 14th Valentine's Day interesting choice that's about the uh the fawn and the wolf cub trying to survive in the winter forest together Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection will be out April 14th that includes six different Mega Man Battle Network games including various different versions adding up to a total of 10 games very excited for that probably a great value in that if you like Mega Man Battle Network Uh, Have a Nice Death out March 22nd side-scrolling action game kind of looks like Hollow Knight but with a lot more focus on combat versus adventure platforming WBSC W W B yeah, W B S C E baseball power pros is out now. That's a baseball game from Konami somehow, on sale for ninety nine cents. Yeah, that looks like a lot of nothing. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley is getting an update out in April, and Tales of Symphonia Remastered will be out February seventeenth. And then just jumping right into the big announcement, we all knew it was coming. They did not disappoint us this time. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will be out May 12th, and they gave us the longest trailer with the most recognizable original details in it, although they still haven't really clearly explained what the game is. First up, yep, they sure did reuse the same map 
that's been the rumor for years that it was going to have the same map as Breath of the Wild, and that certainly does appear to be the case, although it also appears to be significantly altered in a few places based on the events of the story. And there are going to be new areas in the sky, and based on this trailer, there's going to be a lot of subterranean areas as well. So we might spend a lot of time running over space that a lot of us have already spent a lot of time running over, but <laughs> it looks like there's going to be a lot of new things to discover. So it might be okay. I'm still a little on the fence on that decision. I would really have preferred just a new map, but this is what it's going to be, so I have to judge it on its own merits. Do either of you have feelings about the new environment or the remixed environment? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh <laughs> I kind of just take Zelda games as they are. I'm not really concerned with reusing stuff and enemies and whatever. I just kind of go in and enjoy it for whatever it's trying to do. I'm I'm hoping that it'll feel different enough that it doesn't feel like a, a retread entirely. That's mm. my concern. But at the same time, it's a good world that they've made to begin with. Yeah. Like that familiarity. I mean, it, it's been a while, like six years? Yeah, six years, yep. Yeah. Six years this March. And I haven't go gone back to replay Breath of the Wild. I have, several times. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, open world that, games, I'm kind of one and done. It depends. Like, most of the time it's one and done for me, too, unless it's a really good open world. And, like, Breath of the Wild is still the gold standard on how to make an open world in a video game. So, like, I'm excited to play another one, yet at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I've been there and I've done that. Hopefully it will be a whole new experience, even though it's the same kind of, like, basic region. But we haven't played the game. We shouldn't prejudge it, even though that's totally what my inclination is to do. <laughs> they revealed <laughs> a lot of new enemies in this trailer, including a big panning shot of all of the army getting powered up by the Blood Moon. Pretty sure I saw what looked like a re-dead in that shot. That was pretty interesting to see uh, that classic enemy coming back. Uh, Link's got new powers. Like We've been speculating pretty much since the first trailer came out that Link's like corrupted shadow hand was going to be the source of his new powers. This trailer pretty well confirms it. Looks like the Sheikah Slate is out. Are we excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks functionally very similar. It's difficult to tell. I'm getting more of a gravity gun impression from it. Whereas the powers of the Sheikah Slate were a little more elemental in nature. I'm pretty sure there was a... Wasn't there a telekinesis rune? There was magnesis, but you could only do that with metal with metal objects. Yeah, I, I guess it just seems fairly arbitrary. It's the same thing, just with more objects. I'm, I'm not against that. I, I think it, it just looks functionally similar to the Sheikah Slate. It's just a bit more streamlined which should be good uh, it might have more to it than that like you can yeah. grab quote-unquote anything but only if it's like covered in like blight or something because apparently that's going to be the connection is with uh, the blight from the last game big reveal from this trailer was vehicles apparently a lot of people are comparing <laughs> it to banjo kazooie nuts and bolts because that also had a big flat vehicle that had like a handle at the front like the vehicle that link was driving looked a lot like the car from banjo kazooie i i am not all that excited to see this because there was already a vehicle in breath of the wild with the uh master cycle and i thought the master cycle was pretty lousy actually 
the handling on it sucked. I had absolutely no interest in riding that thing anywhere, so I didn't. Not real happy to see more vehicles. So it's clear where the inspiration of this is from, because people have spent six years playing with the minecarts in Breath of the Wild and just doing absolutely amazing things with them. Fairly obvious that that's what the inspiration of this is, but I'm, yeah, ho I'm hoping it. that it's not going to be full-on nuts and bolts where it's just a vehicle game. It's like, ugh, I, d I have no interest in that. Thanks anyway. I kind of like the idea of you, like, it looks like you build your own vehicles, like in nuts and bolts. I think that's what it was alluding to. I am going to be so disillusioned if that's what this is <laughs> i love banjo kazooie that bit nuts and bolts was fun it was just in a bad game so if they managed to do it but in a competent game like a zelda game then it might actually work and like pulling like different bits of metal and stuff to make a vehicle sounds like some silly fun that an open world thing like breath of the wilds kind of world might work it was very like people were just speculating but that's what to me that's what it also looked like because i think there's a bit where it looked like he was pulling out parts and i'm like oh is that what that is yeah. but I, I hope it isn't a focus but it still looks like it could be fun if that's what it is it might not be it reminded me more of gary's mod <laughs> <laughs> i walked everywhere in breath of the wild like even with the horse i only used the horse when i really had to like i, I prefer to just walk and glide everywhere so i could take a really good look around i just i really have less than zero interest in driving a vehicle around Hyrule. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to be really disappointed if this game is The Legend of Zelda Nuts and Bolts. I mean, it's a new way to explore a familiar area, I guess. Which, yeah. I know that doesn't appeal to you, Andrew, but it might appeal to other people who are a bit nervous about replaying. Screw other people. Make the game for me. <laughs> <laughs> As a long-time fan, I feel they owe me. One of my main gripes with Breath of the Wild is that it felt... I mean, I, I understand it in the context of the story, but it felt very empty. So yeah. it took a long time oh. to get from one interesting thing to another interesting thing. It, it didn't actually feel not. like... No, it didn't feel like there was actually... There was much to, to do like, in terms of like messing around, but I didn't really want to mess around. So the idea of having more vehicles, but you don't have to pay DLC to, to put together so you can traverse over a lot of nothing to me actually sounds a lot more fun just gonna put that out there <laughs> zelda like breath of the wild is so dense with things to do that's why i walked everywhere because i just got sick of climbing on and off my horse every 10 seconds because like oh there's something there i want to do no absolutely not the game was <laughs> not empty at all i completely disagree i have to side with the uh, resolute here <laughs> i'm sorry andy <laughs> <laughs> Andy, get off your break. I need your backup here. Yeah, because when you said the gold standard of, standard of open world games, I was like, what, Witcher 3? So like, not, no. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Breath of the Wild. Because it's not even my favorite Zelda game. It's actually quite... It's, 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 it's not high up either. But I, I really liked it. But I just felt very... Like, unless there was like, oh, there's some rocks there. I'd probably have to add a rock to make that circle. That's not really, to me, like a big thing to do in a huge open world. That's like a tiny thing. It felt very empty. Uh, Witcher 3 is empty. There's nothing to do in Witcher 3 except run between quest objectives. That's what I ended up doing in Breath of the Wild, to be honest. Yep. But you know me, I don't like open world games. This is like the first open world That's game true. that I stuck with. You need to get out of the mindset of running to quest objectives and just run to the nearest thing on the map. Like, uh, every open world game is, is different, so. <laughs> I've still pre-ordered this, oh, by the way. 
and I'm yeah, still intrigued. Me too. But I just was obsessed with finding every shrine and finding as many Koroks as I could. Beat the story and then did all the shrines. Oh, I did too, but I found as many shrines along the way as I could, and then I just kept playing for another <laughs> 70 hours to find the rest of the shrines. What about the villain? We got another look at the villain in this trailer. Everybody's saying it's Ganondorf. I really hope it isn't. Just to do something, you know, new and different with Zelda for once. There is a series tradition of the direct sequels not using Ganon again. They usually have a unique villain in the direct sequels. And I'm hoping they carry that on here. Uh, What I'd really like to see is uh, a Sheikah villain. That's what I think when I look at that is this is some kind of survivor of the Sheikah race who's come and doing their thing. Although the Zonai are, are such a big part of the game too. It could be a Zonai too. Maybe Ganondorf is his origin has been changed to be he's a Zonai now instead of a Gerudo. Uh. Who knows? <laughs> but I'll, I'll be pretty disappointed if villain again is Ganon. Again. <laughs> They've outright said in dialogue in the first in Breath of the Wild that uh, Ganondorf or Ganon was uh, Gerudo. That'd be hard to retcon. Yeah. Hmm. Obosa says it when she's firing the laser off at the end. Oh, okay. Somehow I didn't catch that. It also sounded like Matthew Mercer was in the trailer, which I don't think he's been able to. I thought it was Travis uh, Willingham. Oh, well, there was like a meme because uh, Matthew Mercer has played Ganondorf in like a fan movie that he did before he was like well-known. So people were like, oh my God, it's come to fruition so it started it sounded like matthew mercer was ganondorf if that's what it was oh but i thought it was matthew mercer sometimes it takes a while for them to legally to be like yes that is me so maybe it wasn't there's a lot of male voice actors that sound very similar <laughs> i hope it's matthew mercer i think it's willingham was it something like that travis something uh he usually does like thor in marvel games oh it's not been confirmed yet okay but um someone brought up something interesting online because of course people have picked this trailer to pieces that the hand of Lynx that's messed up is the hand he normally has the Triforce piece on which they assume the plot is basically you trying to get your piece of the Triforce back because she's like lend me your power so it's like maybe you can borrow Zelda's piece or something to do with that but I just thought it was interesting that it was exactly the same hand. I think there's a lot of theories that you can make of this trailer (laughs) and the other ones and we could talk about it for hours. I, I find it interesting. The Triforce wasn't that big a part of Breath of the Wild. I would, I don't think that we're going to hear about it here. The person I thought Zelda was asking to lend Link their power, I thought was Ganon. Yeah, there's like a thing I've always wanted where there's one Zelda game where Gandorf is actually like your friend. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe this is what it is. That's Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah. Sympathetic Ganon. <laughs> anyway. Uh, are we sick of seeing this game in directs yet? They've been showing this thing off for so long. It's like, can you just release this game already, please? I think my hype for it has kind of dissipated a little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo are usually pretty good at that release window between announcement and release day. So this is mm-hmm. annoying. They were on a real high in 2017 because 2017 was such an amazing year for them. They really jumped the gun with their announcements. Like, they announced Bayonetta 3, which just came out finally a few months ago. Metroid Prime 4, which had its development cycle reset, like, a year ago, two years ago. So that thing is still at least two years out. And then they announced 
Breath of the Wild 2 is in development the next summer. <laughs> and it's still not out. They jumped the gun on those way too soon, and it's, it's really my enthusiasm has just run out. Hopefully, uh, when the game actually does come out, I will feel as magical as I did when Breath of the Wild <laughs> came out. But really, I feel like it could go either way at this point. In the lead-up to Breath of the Wild coming out, I was looking at the trailer, and I was horrified that there were towers because <laughs> that was back when Ubisoft was still putting towers in everything and I said oh god Breath of the Wild is going Assassin's Creed <laughs> luckily that turned out not to be the case and the towers are actually fairly incidental but I had misgivings before Breath of the Wild came out too and everything turned out great so that's what I need to keep reminding myself about with Tears of the Kingdom post direct announcements it's going to be $69.99 USD manufacturer's suggested retail price which means it's going to be even more expensive elsewhere <laughs> 90 here 90 there oh my gosh that must mean the collector's edition is 210 dollars there it's 190 i think oh man which is still pretty pricey but you know it comes with an art book and i always get the art book ones oh. yeah 190 oh. <laughs> i managed to get just the physical version for 48 which is about 47 dollars <laughs> That's a good price. But I wasn't happy when I saw the original eShop price, but again, there's no point going over Nintendo stuff. It's just always going to be annoying. (laughs) (laughs) They don't care. Also announced after the Direct was Zelda-themed amiibos are going to give new paraglider skins, which uh, I never really realized when I was playing the game. But yeah, that brown color on the paraglider is kind of boring. It's kind of nice that we can customize it now. I'm hoping that we don't have to use Amiibo to get new paraglider skins. The way it was phrased, it kind of sounded like it was an option like that you could do like where you could dye your clothes in the first game, which I never did, never saw the point. But this I would actually do. It's, it's great that we're actually learning some details about the game now, finally. <laughs> did you mention the new Amiibo that was announced as well? I did not, because I, I never think about Amiibo. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, I like that there's a, an Amiibo link for most of the Zelda games now. Because I've got like a little display cabinet for all the Zelda Amiibo, you know, in group the, the Zelda one with the Link one, depending on which game. So it's good that they're keeping that up, but I still wish that they would have some for like, like Minish Cap and Oracle of Ages and Seasons. It's yeah. a few gaps. Yeah. Or even a link to the past, because that's that my favorite cool. Zelda game. But anyway, it's still good that there's a, at least one amiibo, because I think there was, I want to say five amiibo for when Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah, there was Link on horseback, there was Link with the bow, there was Zelda, there was a Bokoblin, and there was a the Guardian. 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 Yeah. Mm. And then they did the Champions when the DLC came out. But only yeah. one this time and honestly as much as i love amiibo i'm glad that there's only one there might be more and they just haven't shown them yet because they're going to be spoilers Uh... for other characters that are going to appear a big theory last year was you're actually kind of playing as ganon like that's why link looks the way he does is he's like channeling ganon ganon is a zonai and like you're going back and forward in time that was the theory so, like, there could be a Ganon, like a Zonai Ganon amiibo coming, and they just haven't showed it because they don't want to reveal that part of the game yet. True. I just hope they reprint them. I also have a pet theory that Zelda is going to be playable. Yes, I'm still on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, man, the, we've been getting our hopes up about that for like decades now. I don't know if they're going to do it. <laughs> I've given well, up hope. Again, to compare it to Witcher 3, like Zelda gets thrown down that pit. I'm wondering if she's going to be playable in like side stories or side quests the way Syria is in Witcher 3. Oh. And she's, she still has the Sheikah Slate with her, so she could use the Sheikah Slate powers from the first game. And like after you finish the game, then you could choose to play as Link or Zelda, and they have different power sets, so they would have different ways of exploring the world. Uh, then again, maybe that wouldn't work because Link's powers seem integral for getting to like the sky areas so maybe zelda just couldn't go there i don't know uh it's a whole <laughs> world of ideas there anyway let's wrap this episode up because we've been talking for a really long time mm. we're going to talk about what we played this week in the next episode because we're just not going to do it we've been talking too long <laughs> <laughs> So what are we playing in the coming week? Rosalie, would start with you. Uh, I'm going to play what's remaining of the Splatfest today because I didn't have time to play it tomorrow, like yesterday. And I'll be playing, and I know I pronounced this wrong, Theatre Rhythm because uh, that comes out next week. Sounds right to me. I'm playing Theatre Rhythm too. And Sylvia, what about you? Well, I'm finally making my way through Fire Emblem Engage now that I've finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which we'll talk about next episode but i want to break it up a little bit with uh metroid prime remastered which just came out and we've already talked about a little cool thanks for listening to this episode of in focus if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on itunes it really helps us get noticed you can also listen and subscribe on stitcher spotify and other podcast services Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X, and be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular patron. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Andrew and you can follow them at PlayCritically or read their long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can also check out Sylvia at twitch.tv slash sylvitori or check out me, Rosalie, at LIL Record Girl.
Thank you. 